Hey friends, you're listening to the Hope and Heart Pills podcast where we're talking about racial justice and pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Andre Henry. And I'm Trisha's. And we have a special guest with us today. My friend Ani is joining us in the studio, also known as my apartment. Um, do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> this is actually how Ani says hello in real life. Uh, it's true to form. She just goes, hey. Um, Ani is a dancer a producer, a writer, and um, is joining us to talk about um, the ultimatum queer love a little later in the episode. But first, we'll do our check-in. How you been, Trish? What's going on with you? You know, I've been pretty good, Andre. I'm in the studio this week working on finishing up my first single for the next album, which is exciting. And I'm also going on my songwriting camp next week. So this week's been a little crazy. Um, just doubling up on work and stuff, trying to get oh, everything nice. done in time. So next week I don't have to worry that much about it. So it's been a good And week. this writing camp is for your album? This writing camp is for my friend, um, my friend Brianna Marin. She has a, it's like a BIPOC collective of songwriters and producers called Love Pulse Music. And Love Pulse does a lot of different things, but um, most of the music is made for uh, film and TV and is made as like royalty free hooks that um oh, wow. that different artists can can buy and it's just a really really cool thing she's put together there's like a there's a whole like little interface that you log into and there's a chat and it's a really cool way for songwriters and producers to connect so this is a songwriting camp um for Juneteenth and Black Music Month. And we are going to work on um, a lot of different stuff, but a lot of TV and film stuff. And we got a lot of cool sponsors. So we're going to get some some new toys to play with. And I think it's just going to be a really fun few days of um, collaborating with people. I've never met before. Very How cool. are you? How Very are you cool. two doing? Good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I just um I just got accepted to a dance program for a week this summer in Massachusetts uh, called the School at Jacob's Pillow, and we're going to be studying Catherine Dunham for a week, pretty intensively, like nine to five style. And that's um, amazing. And. Yeah, I'm very excited. I actually went in college. I got to go study uh, Pacific Islands dance at Jacob's Pillow also. And that was for two weeks, um, like in t- 2007. So I feel really lucky to be able to go back as a real grown up and see, <laughs> see what that's like. And um, and then I'll I'll go to uh, Costa Rica for a friend's wedding after that. Oh my gosh, that and sounds come amazing. come back a brand new person, I'm sure. <laughs> Have you been to Costa Rica before? I, I haven't. The- it's been on my list though. So shout out to her for getting married so I can go <laughs> sooner. <laughs> I need more friends getting married is what I would like you in do. my life. 
Do you enjoy <laughs> weddings? Is I that love why? weddings. It's a big party. Interesting. I love love. I love open bars. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, getting dressed up. We're actually staying in an Airbnb, right? I'm a bridesmaid. It'll be my first time ever. Oh. And we're, uh, the whole bridal party is going to stay, or her side of the bridal party is going to be staying in a big Airbnb together. So speaking so of open fun. bars, I have, I have serious food questions. Like, will it be provided? Do I right. need to shop? And I don't know. Wait, for, for Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't have to find my own lodging. So that's what I want to do for my wedding. I don't have a partner, um, but for my wedding. <laughs> yes, this is how you plan. <laughs> I want to. So my family, um, when we lived in Trinidad in the summers, we would rent a beach house, um, which is like very, very affordable there. And um it would just be so fun. Like me and all of my cousins and aunts and uncles would be in this beach house and mm -hmm. we just like swim all day. So I've always imagined when I got married, I would just rent out like five or six beach houses next to each other in Trinidad. So then like everyone would just like stay there and yeah, that would be fun for like three yeah, days. Yeah. That sounds like the way to go. And yeah. I mean, we're all splitting the cost. So it's not like free 99, but it's a lot cheaper than it would have been. Yeah, I mean, I think for for what you get out of like renting out places like in um in like Central America, the Caribbean, South America, you really get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. It's very true. I mean, <laughs> the dollar goes very far outside of the US. <laughs> I mean, not everywhere outside the US, but <laughs> But many places. places. <laughs> Which is why I'm, I would I am get a married. Bit distracted. I'm trying to. Go ahead. <laughs> you're distracting your, you're trying to your get, wedding. You're trying to get married. <laughs> you're trying to get married outside of the U.S. You were saying yeah. that. Okay. I well, mean, I hear all my that. friends. Like, if you just don't want your friend, like you want your if you want, like if you're OK with a lot of your friends being like, have fun. Right. I'll <laughs> contribute to the registry. Yeah, you know. I, I like the idea of it being my best friends, but also. I would like to cover the costs besides for their mm. actual like getting there. And um, because so many of my friends that are involved in weddings, it's like it's a really big financial burden on people. Yeah. And so I think having it in Trinidad, if it's like most of my friends want to go there at some point anyway, like my my good friends. But um, but then I would be able to like cover the other stuff you know so that's my yeah. that's my thought on it but gotta find a husband first <laughs> i feel like um i've said it enough on this show that the fact that the listeners have not provided <laughs> me with a husband yet is um rude rude <laughs> yeah at this point it's like hint hint nudge nudge wink what wink, are you guys doing no more. <laughs> we keep mentioning that Ooh. trish is both hot and single <laughs> <laughs> so so Nothing's so that yet. you know well, well now like but but now i think you need to clarify like that you do you want someone to directly sign into your dms or do they need to be vetted oh a dm slide is fine as long as it's okay. a respectful a respectful so. slide <laughs> 
I I'm saw this woman to. that I follow on Instagram that actually made a Google form for people that are trying to date her in the DMs. And she was like, all right, if you're trying to shoot your shot, here's the Google form. Wow. Fill it out. Wow. You know, and I think that we should add a segment on. Why don't we just add a segment on the show of finding <laughs> Trisha partner and we can read your fan mail. I think that's a great idea. Next season. <laughs> I'd, I'd tune in. <laughs> I have been thinking about doing like a dating show on Instagram live or something. They do it on TikTok a lot, actually. Oh my really? gosh, Trish, we should do it on TikTok. We should just do a shoot your shot at Trish on TikTok live and see I'm what happens. Opposed, I'm not opposed to this. I'm, I'm no, not. I'm I'm actually like 97% serious. <laughs> okay, let's do it. You <laughs> heard right. it here first, world. <laughs> We'll announce it. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be so much fun. When are you available for this? Um, you know, end of June. Let's do it. The Should there be like June. a special That's day? So, so far away. No, I no, I like it. I like it. People can mark their calendars. Yeah. I'm going to Get promote excited. the Prepare shit yourself. out of this <laughs> online. <laughs> like oh my this God. is gonna be a whole campaign like promoting a single where it's like are we gonna? No, I don't want any of this. I don't want any of this like mediocre male energy that I'm seeing on these TikTok lives either. Come with a shirt on, sit up, don't <laughs> ask stupid questions like "What do you do for a living?" You I'm, know, I'm I'm concerned that no one will show up and then it will be embarrassing. Like no one showing up. Oh my god, Trish! Birthday. People are gonna show up. I don't this know. This is gonna be the event of the summer. The oh, should, we, event um, of the should we make it some sort of like fundraiser at least? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how? <laughs> like everyone like has to pay Do five dollars to, pay to, to shoot enter. their shot at you. <laughs> and and then we donated somewhere. I mean, I, I just feel like it's pay. a lot of work to been to this event for no reason. <laughs> Other I than I guess maybe finding this. my husband. I see people do this every week. They do shoot your shot TikTok lives on like every Wednesday, every Thursday, like or Sunday. Yeah, do, do different broadcasters do this every single week and they bring single people up and they have people talk to them for a certain amount of time. And then at the end of the time, they decide if they're going to like follow each other, continue the conversation longer. Wow. OK, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, trying to make money. I don't know how people do that in this world of uh, wage slavery, but, um, you know, content. I think I'm at the point where it's like, yeah, basically like content where like, I just have to make my business grow, which is not a bad challenge. Um, we have a single coming out next week. I think it is. I think there's, I think my single is coming out next week. I have been out of it. So I know that there's a single coming up soon called Why You're Single. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that, because, you know, I've heard it. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you have heard it. Yeah. My birthday at my birthday thing. I did. Um, yeah. Ani's heard it as well. A lot because <laughs> she's here a lot. <laughs> and so I have had to work on it here. Um <clears throat> We're also working on a Spanish translation because a lot of my fans are in Mexico City and this is a bachata song. And so, mm. you know, we may as well. We may as well do something special for everyone in Mexico City. Anyway, we have a wonderful conversation coming up for y'all right after the break. 
Caught up in conversation, grown up situation. But I'm just a kid, I can't take it. So let's get riled up, have a good time. What's on your mind? Can't wait for the night. Get riled up one last time for our young lives. Behind. Welcome back. You know, during the break, we were talking a lot about dating. I think we talked a little bit about it before, about how we are going to use the Internet to find Trish a life partner. And speaking of <laughs> speaking of dating, uh, we're talking about The Ultimatum, Netflix's second season of The Ultimatum, which focused on queer love uh, this season. And uh, for those of you who have never watched the show, it is by the same makers of Love is Blind. So that means it is an absolute mess. <laughs> um it the first season was even messier than love is blind um basically the premise is that these couples come in because one partner has given the other one an ultimatum that either you propose or we break up uh or we go on this show right and they, they i guess that's the third option is we we're going on this <laughs> show where the ultimatum still stands but there's an added uh factor of they will be able to date other people on this show. So each pair splits up, they break up for three weeks and they live with another partner for three weeks in a trial marriage. At the end of that trial marriage, they go back to the person they came in with and they have another trial marriage with the person that came in, came in with. And at the end of all of that, which I think in total is something like seven or eight weeks, they make a decision. Are they going to get married or not? This season was all lesbian couples. I don't remember all of their names. I don't need to remember all their names. There are only two names I need to remember. <laughs> Xander and Mal. Mm. The MVPs, yeah. in my opinion. Hmm. You know. Um, so anyway, what were your thoughts, reflections? Uh, Ani, I think you saw the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. I only saw like the last... Two or three episodes and then the reunion. And Trish has seen the first half. Great. So and collectively. I, of course, have seen all of it. We've because seen I love watching trashy uh, romantic uh, reality TV. I it do too. I can't believe I can't believe I wasn't fully prepared. <clears throat> Normally I would have seen the whole thing. So well, who wants to go first? Reactions. Well, Trish has seen the first half and I've only seen the second. So why don't you start? That makes sense. Who is you? Trish. Okay. Oh, Thank me. <laughs> so I went into watching it um, knowing Andre's thoughts on the communication aspect of it. So mm -hmm. I went into it through that lens and I did find that the the communication even with like the the villains of the show was so much more calm and mature than you yes. like typically see in a reality tv show which i thought was interesting because i always sort of figured that the big fights and stuff were really manufactured so mm -hmm. i was like oh Hmm. Interesting because mm -hmm. it's they communicate well, but they also talk about communication 
a lot. Yes. So I thought it was even mm-hmm. interesting that like like Tiff, who I think was one of the people who seemed to be aware of their communication style um, mm-hmm. and be working on it in a moment. Um, they they were talking about their dog and um kind of kind of like blew up about their dog and yes but then came back and talked to sam who was their marriage Mm -hmm. partner and was like how did my communication affect you so even the awareness of um the castmates that that had like less communication skills than others was still above the communication <laughs> levels of what you would yeah, typically see in a reality shows. show. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think with the ultimatum between last season and this season, they are more direct because some of them are just like looking for marriage and kids. So they do get to mm-hmm. the point faster, but with people like Mal, how um how mal just brought up things about um like race and and children and um things they need in a partner um just like very early on that i Mm -hmm. appreciated seeing especially as someone who's like dating with a um like dating very purposefully kind of for the first time in my life And so, like, I want to know if you want to have kids, like, real fast. And people think that's Mm -hmm. so bananas. They're like, you're Mm -hmm. not supposed to talk about that until, like, two months. And I'm like, what? I'm not going to wait two months. Until you're already too emotionally attached to leave easily. Yeah. Like, (laughs) my last boyfriend, I asked him, um, we we had a date and then I was traveling. So, on our first phone call i asked him if he wanted kids and mm-hmm. he told me later that he like brought it up to his therapist because he was like really taken aback by it and she mm-hmm. had to like tell him like no that's normal like that's normal that she wants to know that um and normal or not it's important to you and right. so therefore right. a valid question <laughs> right right so I liked um, I liked how how straightforward everyone seemed to be about their concerns. And um, even Lexi, who was kind of no, not Lexi, who was who was the kind of villain girl? Do you know Ooh, Vanessa? Vanessa. Which couple? <laughs> oh. <laughs> even. um. Even <laughs> Vanessa, I was still like, OK, like Vanessa knew like when she like needed to step away from situations um yeah so so i went into it and i could definitely see um what you appreciated about that aspect of the show for sure i mean that was one of the things that was really striking to me was that there are a lot of fights in reality tv romance reality tv and there weren't any, I don't think. I don't think any I don't think anyone had any liquor thrown on them 
<laughs> I don't think that the producers had to jump in and hold anybody back from chopping someone in the throat or anything like that. Like in during this season, which I thought was not necessarily remarkable, but different. But I did think the the level at which a lot of people were communicating was generally healthier than you see in most reality TV shows. Yeah. I do want to say that like my my opinion about how Mal handled Yoli, um, which you haven't seen yet, but you know, I don't I don't think, but Yoli really falls for Xander, you know, like and yeah. Mal was prepared for that. You know, she was mm. like, I know my partner, she falls in love quickly, she falls in love mm. fast. So she expected that Yoli would probably mm. fall in love. And so there's this, there's this whole tension in the season of like Yoli loves two people, right? And the way that it was edited, at least, made it seem like Mal handled that like really maturely, you know, like mm. with a lot of respect for Yoli's autonomy, you know, and that this is her experience, you know, and was really a good friend to her through that. Um... I can't remember why at the moment, but by the by the reunion, I'm, I looked at that relationship a little bit differently. Oh, it was because like at the reunion, like Mal talks about like how hard it was to see like how disrespected she felt at mm. times, you know, seeing the way that Yoli was kind of like really into this connection in her face, you know, but all in all, I thought that it it could it had the potential to raise some good conversations about some of the assumptions that prevail in um, in hetero relationships, you know, mm. really, you know, the ideas of ownership I, and I, what, what exclusivity means, you know, and, you know, and, you know, even the idea of loving two people at once. I thought that that was really good to see being depicted. Anyway, what, yeah. What thoughts do you have? Well, Mike, I I don't love trashy reality TV at all. Um, so there, I always come in with a little bit of judgment. Um, and ultimatum is just like big, like alarms going off in my <laughs> head. Like it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that that can be good. The fact that you got to this point where you felt like you had to say it's this or I'm gone Mm -hmm. is already it's already a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. That's kind of all I need to know. (laughs) You know, let's let's see how this plays out. So it was it wasn't surprising by by the time we got to the reunion that everybody except two couples had broken up. And then once the reun- reunion was over, they said that another couple another actually couple in- broke up, broke yeah. up mm-hmm. uh, pre-wedding. But but you were invested. I was very invested. So what I had a conversation. What kept you? Because you actually went back and watched it, some of it again. I did. I wanted to see what the reason was that Yoli and Mal actually broke up because I thought that I had missed some details. I didn't. Um, but I was invested because it's interesting. First of all, you and I were talking about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having a conversation partner, if I didn't have anybody to talk to about it, 
<laughs> they didn't have like interesting opinions, I wouldn't be bothered. So I kept right. asking Ani, like, is this how lesbians talk to right. each other? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so. But then I like think about my last girlfriend and I'm like, well, we did not talk to each other like this. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, we did a lot of talking and I remember yeah. like the difference. At some point, there must have been a thought that I had, like between my last girlfriend and one of the last men that I dated, I must have had the thought like, well, let's say my last male relationship, I realized that we didn't talk at all. Mm. And so I could think I would think back to times where I felt like I could talk and I had a friend. Mm. Um and I mean, me and my me and my last girlfriend, we definitely fought, and there were times that we had misunderstandings and miscommunications. And I definitely saw a lot of. I worked at a lesbian bar in college, and I definitely saw a lot of <clears throat> non communication between lesbians. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of. I think it it depends on who you are, and I also think that we're in this era of good communication, like we're good, healthy communication and working on yourself and choosing yourself and all the language that they were using, a lot of the language that they were using. I think we're in kind of an era where that is very trendy Mm -hmm. and it's trending and people like the masses are thinking about it. So it might have more to do with timing than it has to do with a particular subculture. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. But, But then if you, if you, I don't know. I'm sure if you ask the podcast bros, you know, like a complaint. I just feel like it's a tale as old as time that men have something to say about women talking all the time. You know, so it's kind of assumed. I think think it's kind of assumed that you get two women together and what they're going to do is talk. Yeah. Regardless, that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't say anything to the quality yeah. Of the talking yeah. or communication because talking mm. is talking. You can t- like, like uh short here. I think that's Tiff and Mildred. Yes. Talking at each other, like nonstop. Tiff you know? was with Mildred? Mildred. Yeah. That's where, how yeah. they started. Yeah. 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 She like, was. She was. The quality of their communication, uh, the quality of um, Ozzy and Sam's communication, like the yeah. quality wasn't there. Yeah. Even if they were. I mean, talking. maybe we can describe that a little bit for people who haven't watched the yeah. show, because we did notice that. We talked about that mm-hmm. where it was like, OK, so I don't think Ani saw Tiff blow up about the no, dog. No, I didn't. But that was the right. one thing I remembered when I was We're telling Ani together about, our collective memory. Yes. <laughs> but when I was telling Ani about like, you know, catching it up, I was like, that was something that I noticed right away, because for those listening, Tiff has a dog. Tiff is one of those people who sleeps in the bed with their dog. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's down with that. You know, I know a lot of people do that. And there are a lot of people who who don't. And in her trial marriage, she was with someone who did not feel that comfortable sleeping in bed with a dog. And Tiff kind of lost it. And it's like, I want I just want you to give a shit about my dog. That's my child, you know. And I'm not saying anything about, you know, I'm not judging that res- that sentiment. Right. Because I know a lot of people do feel like their pets are their children. But, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, the thing is, I you should expect am, that maybe I am maybe like the person that you're with yeah. in terms of the dog. Right. So I can yeah. see like if I was in that situation, I would have to be like, I get it. But 
I think for a little while, I'm going to have to just sleep with my dog because he's not, he's used to sleeping with me, you know? Well, and here's, here's the point that I had to make too. That's fine. That means you don't choose that person. Exactly. That's it. Like I, I had a cat and I'm like, if somebody, it was a problem for me. If somebody was allergic to the cat and was like, I, this just really isn't going to work. It's not going to work because you have, right. because I have, you a, cat, have a cat right? and that's, that's <laughs> one know. thing. Like an allergy is one thing. Right. But if somebody came into my house and just like, didn't like cats and was always like, Oh, oh I was going to be like, I'm, I'm so sorry. This yeah, can't work. Your cat's not going anywhere. My cat's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. She's been here for 16 yeah. years. Like she trumps you. Yeah. And to me, back to the communication part. That's not worth blowing up about. That's worth exactly. making a decision that this is where this ends. Right. And you can talk about that. You know what I mean? Like in a way that also respects the fact that the other Absolutely. person has a different experience, you know? Right. And I think that was what I was noticing. And the and the thing, so that's what we're describing for for listeners and with Aussie and, and uh, what was Aussie's? Sam, Sam. was, was mm-hmm. their partner. Sam. So it seemed like Aussie had this kind of small window of tolerance, at least what the way it was edited, right? <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I don't know, like they might've had some great conversations where she didn't storm out the room, but that was what they showed us, you know, in right. the final cut was a lot of like, you know, not necessarily always storming out, but really exiting. shutting down conversations and mm-hmm. exiting and needing time away. I appreciated that in the reunion, Sam and Aussie are together. I think they're the only ones that actually mm-hmm. stayed together through the whole thing. And that is um, shocking. Isn't okay, it? Right. Yeah, it is. Can we please so circle back? Hold on a second. Absolutely shocking. Just let me finish this, okay? Because I love how mm-hmm. they talked about, don't lose your thought though. I love how they talked about that dynamic at the reunion saying like, Aussie has to learn how to sit with discomfort more. And Sam has to learn how to give Aussie the space that they need in order to have a productive conversation. And I think that for me, like watching these, watching these relationships play out, first off, these are conversations that I could rarely ever have in any of my former relationships. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that some of the gender stereotypes, patriarchal indoctrination that both men and women are susceptible to, uh, has kind of precluded us actually talking about talking about our communication, talking about our feelings in that vulnerable kind of way. But even that notion that like right now there's a lot of talk about health and working on yourself and therapy and all this kind of stuff. And people talk about it in a way as though if you were really healed, you would mm-hmm. not be affected by X, Y, or Z and you would not right. respond in this or that way. Right. But what what I feel like was modeled in the show was that healthy relationships are not necessarily about how you respond in the moment, how you react in the moment, how you react in the moment, but the ability to bring repair, mm-hmm. right? You know, the ability to repair the rupture yeah. is cause, because that is how relationships grow through this mm-hmm. rhythm of repair i mean rupture and repair Mm -hmm. so the thing that i that you're seeing when sam and aussie talk about that like that's them learning how to negotiate you know Mm -hmm. being together and i thought that was really yeah i appreciated that yeah sam seems so incredibly patient in a way that i didn't appreciate right at the beginning because i thought it seemed like she was just um, kind of like <clears throat> backing down to Tiff, but then I realized that she's actually like quite patient and can see when someone is in 
a triggered state that it's not useful yeah. for them to um, have have a conversation in. I, I think it's really interesting that Aussie and Sam are the only couple to stay together because I would say it seemed like all the other couples communicated better. <laughs> and so that's when I think like, hmm, interesting. But my other thought was, um, because I had that same thought, Andre, when I was like, is this how all of these queer relationships are? They're like they're all... <laughs> And I wonder, is, is is Netflix trying to portray that in a specific, do you think Netflix was trying to like put that out in that framing? Like is some humanitarian campaign. <laughs> or, <laughs> or like just intentionally like that's the way trying that, to present queer relationships in a positive light during Pride Month. Oh, but also like they they focused on the literal word communication so much when I'm sure there yeah. were a million other conversations that were had, obviously, you know, they're cutting down like a million hours of footage. So they for sure wanted a discourse about something specifically. That's I mean, interesting. The man is always up to something. I know that. <laughs> so, I wouldn't put it past him. But, but I don't know. Because, I mean, <laughs> being in the gayborhood, as, as we affectionately <laughs> called it in Philly, um, there was a lot of not that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. There's just there's too many factors. You know, including but not limited to editing. It did seem like they chose a good bunch of people. Yeah. Like they chose a good group of people who, for the most part, I think, handled themselves in a way that I mean, I looked at some of their the way that some of them communicated and it was like, that's how I would want a partner to be. Yeah. Or that's how I would want to show up as a partner, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and. Like Ani was telling, I th- I don't remember what Ani and I were talking about, at, but we were talking about how like a lot of times you there were situations where you would have seen a fight elsewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was saying like I think that if there were a moment like that, they definitely would have showed it to us mm-hmm. because that yes. is like that that's reality TV. You know, people mm-hmm. people will tune in just because they heard, you know, that mm-hmm. something like really toxic happened. So. I don't know, maybe they just looked out and got a really good group of yeah. people, you know, and it's obviously like no one's perfect and the communication wasn't perfect between all of the couples. But there was so much uh, that I really appreciated about seeing those relationships. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of glad nothing did explode like that because you've already got this situation where you're basically you're you're putting your partner in a pressure cooker and mm-hmm. being like. It's do or die, you know, so for the people giving the ultimatums, I'm glad that, I mean, Yoli was the one who gave the ultimatum and then was super trife at the party. So like, that's kind of, Mm -hmm. that's undoing the the point I'm I'm about Mm -hmm. to make. But it's like, if, if somebody had exploded and they were the one who gave the ultimatum, like it just would have made me more sad for them because... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You just shouldn't have to fight that hard for right. somebody to decide to be with you. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's that's how I feel about like the concept of the show. 
yeah, in general. Overall, I mean, when you look at it and you're like, yeah, none of these people are together at the end of the day, except for one Makes couple. Sense. It's like, I mean, yeah, like you literally were in the position where you were like, okay, if you don't marry me, I'm leaving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And of course, like somebody can stop doing a certain behavior or something Anything for a couple for weeks. Exactly. You know? Yes. Especially like on camera and mm-hmm. if they're getting paid, which I'm sort of sure that they must be getting paid, you know, to, mm-hmm. to give their time to the show that way, you know, or they're, they're at least taken care of. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I totally agree. Yeah. But it's not, but does it, does it actually get to the root of it? Mm-hmm. And I don't think so. I don't think that you can put somebody in that predicament and demand no. it just it won't work and I, and I said that about Ozzy and Sam and I was comparing it to a relationship that I had been in where I was really unfulfilled and it was a six-year-long relationship and I, I forget what happened between Ozzy and Sam but I looked at him and I was like oh no Sam I think you asked the question Andre like why would Sam want to be with somebody who throws fits and just storms out instead of staying around and trying Mm -hmm. to communicate the Mm -hmm. way that Ozzy did. And I said, I think the reason is because Sam is hoping that this ultimatum fixes something else. Mm -hmm. It might not Mm -hmm. even actually be about the fact that Sam wanted to be married. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. but in my experience and comparing it to other things that I've been in, it just seems like the desperation that it takes to give an ultimatum like this is actually about fixing an underlying problem and hoping that the commitment Mm. will be the thing that makes the difference. I think every time I've been in a position where I'm like, I need this person to be more committed or I'm out, I've realized I'm just out because I don't want to have to... I can't, I hate the feeling of reaching. I hate Mm -hmm. the feeling of like pulling. And so I've just come to the conclusion that like when I hit that with someone, that's, it's just, that's when it's over. And, and, and there's no really going back from that. You just shouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly. That's the bottom line. You just shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to, you know? And I think that too many people have, you know, these I these ideas that kind of normalize a lot of just unhealthy dynamics in relationships, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, all right. So the 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 phrase of you're my hell yes and all that kind of stuff kept coming up on the show. And I'm like, none of you are anyone's hell yes <laughs> because you're on the ultimatum. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know what I'm like if any of you were saying hell yes to each other, you wouldn't be in this position to mm-hmm. to begin with, you know? And I think that some people just don't realize that a relationship can be healthy. It can be peaceful. It can be fun. And it can be mostly fun, you know? Yeah. It can be. Yeah. And I wonder if that's where the idea of people choosing themselves kept coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I missed those episodes, but you, you do, what do you think, Andre? Is that about choosing themselves? Yeah. Like Xander said that a bunch, Sam said that a bunch. And I think that the concept of choosing oneself revealed itself differently between Xander and Sam, because Sam 
started speaking up more mm-hmm. and standing up more for herself. And Xander exited the relationship. Yeah. And it looked like that was what choosing oneself looked in that regard. Yeah, but I think that it's not really a but. But I the thing that I think about that is when you look at who they came in with, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I feel awkward talking about these people because they're not just TV characters, right? Yeah. Like they're actual they're people with whole lives and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But just the way that like Vanessa's attitude seemed like, like she was upset when she realized that Xander actually had made a connection with Yoli, yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you came on this show, you knew that they yeah. were going to date, you know? And she wasn't, you know, it wasn't like she was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm so committed to Xander, da, 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 da. Like she was, fl- she was very flirtatious with other people and all other kind of stuff. So it's like, to me, it just seems like that is, to me, that hints at a, like a high control dynamic going on in their mm, relationship. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the dog thing, with, with, what's it, Tiff is her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That also to me points toward a kind of high control thing to me as well, because it's like, um, oh no, 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 Sam's okay. So yeah, Aussie. Even even so, like with with Aussie like shutting down so many conversations. Listen, sometimes you get triggered and you need to walk away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get sometimes you get triggered and there's that conversation's not gonna get any more productive with you sitting there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it happened a lot. You know, and that also, you know, maybe not intentionally, but when you do that, it does become this thing where someone can start feeling like they have to put things together perfectly for you, like put the sentence together perfectly Absolutely. or. Yeah, I've definitely been in I've definitely Same. been in those relationships. And that also and feels it can also feel controlling. Right. So. I think when you bring up the when you bring up Xander and Sam, I think about the people that they were with. And when mm. when they say I chose myself because Xander had to choose themselves, you know. And it felt like such a big thing because they were doing so much mm-hmm. to please their partner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and to me, like Xander's MVP, you know, what I mean, like she's <laughs> just like. I mean, the, her face when she would see Yoli yeah. would just like light up like it's Christmas morning. So it's like, you know, like you could see like how supportive she is, how much she wants, how much love she has to give all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I do think that it took a lot for her to think about like, what do I want really? Yeah. You know, what do I really want? Because maybe and Maybe we should start asking when we talk about these shows, we could just slide into people's DMs and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to talk about the show. You want to talk with us? Because they might. But there's a part of me that wonders, like, if before that moment where she said, I'm choosing myself, if you'd asked what does she want, if there's a part of her, even subconsciously, that might have said, I just want to make Vanessa happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I could see how, you know, Sam's patience, like y'all have mentioned, could could have been like that some people would take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think Ozzy didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it I seemed think like that's, Ozzie, the, that's exactly that's, what was happening. That's the thing about like trying to be 
a good communicator and also being in this like age of um, like coveting communication is that it can be like really weaponized against you. And I've oh, yeah. seen that with um, people I've dated where I had to, you know, if I didn't approach things in a very specific way, then mm-hmm. it was it was my fault for not communicating yep. the way that they needed me to. Yep. And I think that's the, um, I think we can really like weaponize a lot of the therapy speak and stuff, but um, it's out of control. I I had an ex who, if I started a sentence with, I feel Mm -hmm. would verbally tell me that he was done listening. Yeah. I remember you saying, you telling me about that. Wow. Isn't that what they tell us to do? I had an ex um, <laughs> yeah. who, like, after he would, like, yell at me about something, I'd be like, hey, next time, could you try to tell me in, like, a gentler way? Because it, like, really hurts my feelings when you yell at me like that. And he'd be like, I try to communicate with you, and then you tell me that I'm doing it wrong. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And like, I gotta, so, gotta um, get out of this that one. That reminds me, that reminds me, Ania and I are talking about starting a podcast where we just talk about our exes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bash them, but to actually talk about healthy communication yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, and that's how I think I get invested in these in these relationship <laughs> reality shows, you know, yeah. because they gener- they do make for good conversation about like, oh, my gosh, I remember when this happened and mm-hmm. this looks like this and that and this and that. It's interesting. It is very yeah. interesting. I love talking about love and relationships. I could do it all day, but you all don't have all day. So we'll be back at you <laughs> after the break. All right, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening. Thanks, Ani, for joining us. Welcome. <laughs> um, Trish and I have uh, a bit of news to share with y'all. We're going to be taking a break for a few weeks, um, at least for the month of July, and uh, record season. It'll be season five, a season five of the Hope and Heart Feels podcast. Wow. Um, and a lot of it's funny because I mean we've been on for a long time, but we have no idea how we count seasons, but since we're taking a break and coming back, <laughs> season one was like a year and a half long. <laughs> oh, wow. That was probably two or three seasons. Anyway, um, you know, you all know that I've been to South Africa. I've still not really shared with you all exactly what all that experience has been for me, but it was very clarifying for me about just what I feel like my mission moving forward is. And that is really to talk about resilience. So Trish and I are going to be interviewing uh, therapists, mental health professionals, healers, you know, also, of course, activists and organizers um, about resilience. And mm-hmm. I, maybe I'll tell you, I, I will I will definitely tell you about South Africa eventually, but I, it's definitely becoming a couple of chapters in my book. So we'll be back at you in a few weeks. Um, sharing conversations around resilience. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) 
once again we always love spending time with you thanks so much for for listening and we're going to hand it over to Ross we'll see you in a few weeks have a good summer thanks for choosing to listen today you can catch up with our hosts online Trish's is at Trish's Music that's spelled T-R-I-S-H-E-S Music on Instagram TikTok and Twitter Andre is at the Andre Henry on Instagram and TikTok and at Andre Henry on Twitter. Catch the songs you heard today and more of their music on Spotify. If you'd like to support what we're doing here and see the video of Andre and Trisha's conversation, you can join the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Andre Henry. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. Music